And welcome to the Modern Cotton Story, sponsored by E3 Sustainable Cotton. I'm Jennifer Crumpler, Fiber Development Manager and Manager of the E3 Sustainable Cotton Program from BASF, and will be your host of today's program. Today, I'm really excited because we are going to shift um, our program to a discussion about the cotton and textile markets. Um, we are starting a new series of podcasts that we're going to call The Market for Cotton. Um, kind of aptly named because a lot of our guests I'm excited to introduce to you as we go through. Um, during this series, we're going to introduce like these speakers, including economists, some researchers, analysts, all from across the agriculture, textile, apparel, retail industry to you, our listeners. So some of them may be markets that you're familiar with, but we hope that, um, you know, some that will be able to serve to help just inform you and, you know, just a piece to continue with our educational piece um, as we go. So I'm excited to be joined by my good friend Bob Anishak today on um, the program as well. So everything going good for you, Bob? Uh, Jennifer, the sun is shining. Um, I'm really kind of stunned. But, uh, yeah, things are going great. Thank you. Good, good. I know. Um, I was speaking with my brother this, this morning, and, I was, and he was telling about how his garden and everything. I was like, you know, I think we finally are past our cold snap here so I can get out there and get stuff planted and going. Like our farmers are getting all their corn. And, you know, part of Texas, as we found out, it's already done planting cotton. So it's a good time. And, it, uh, it's, it's yeah, time, it is yeah. a good time, a fun time of year. Um so, but I'm happy to introduce today's guest, uh, Mr. Kip Butts, a well-known and very well-respected cotton analyst who um, has recently retired from the IHS market. Um, he's worked, you know, many years as a leading analyst of the cotton market, and he's worked, you know, with Sparks Commodities. Um, and if some of our guests, you probably, if he's a regular, heard on the Ag Market Network um, that's also sponsored by BASF. So, Kip, thanks so much for taking time out and joining us today. Well, thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate the invitation. I always uh, like to have the opportunity to talk about cotton. I've been involved with it an awful long time, and uh, um, hopefully we can uh, have a pretty good discussion today about uh, uh, just about cotton itself. And so, um, so thank you for the invitation. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, um, Kevin, I think the last time you and I saw each other, we were up in New York two years ago, and um, I just know it's been great. You've had a very accomplished career in the cotton industry as an analyst, researcher of the cotton market, um, and I know you've recently kind of changed directions and, you know, semi-retired, so it's great to hear that you're still remaining active in um, the cotton industry and participating in a lot of the programs that we talked about with Ag Market Network and doing some consulting and other things. Um, but before we kind of dive into some of the cotton markets and what's happening, I would love to know if you would just kind of talk a little bit about your background, just so our listeners can learn more about you and where you're coming from and your approach to the cotton market. Well, sure, Jennifer. I um, I started in, in the industry actually in 19, oh, I had hate really dating myself here, but I started in 1980 <laughs> with Hohenberg Brothers Cotton Company, who was owned uh, just had just been acquired by Cargill and I worked for them for several years uh, as kind of assistant futures trader and the senior economist for cotton uh, for the Cargill cotton group and uh, did that for for several years I guess about 12 13 years and then I I moved over to uh, Sparks Commodities Willard Sparks was a just a a very famous uh, commodity trader 
uh, an exceptional sort of uh, sort of mind as far as agriculture. Owned a lot of uh, of different endeavors, and I worked for him. Uh, and I've worked along that same line. I did cotton analysis for years. Also, uh, he uh, sold the company. At, at uh, he became ill and decided to sell his company. And so, uh, Informa Corp bought it, an English company, and we became Informa Economics. Then I, I was working on cotton and did a little bit of energy work as well, which was quite interesting. Uh, but then I gave that up a few years later to concentrate on cotton as well. I did that the energy bit for about 10, 12 years, and then we moved back into cotton. And that's kind of where I started and where I'd like to be. So <laughs> the yeah. fiber industry has, uh, has kind of been a part of what I've been doing for a long, long time. Kip, you know, you and I, we've, we've known each other for many, many years, it seems. And uh, I remember crossing paths with you uh, in Cotton way back in Sparks, I think. Um, and uh, I think that's where we first met. Anyway, but um, I wanted to ask you some questions about your opinion about the industry, uh, the cotton industry. And, you know, here we are entering in a new planting season in the U.S., uh, what's your opinion about the health of the industry as you see it? Going well, forward? I mean, um, cotton industry, like everything else, we, we're in the middle of, we're, we're hopefully winding down this pandemic, but this planting season is really no different than any other. The farmer has the same sort of challenges that he has every year. Uh, we're in the tail end of an El Nino now, uh, La Nina, I should say, excuse me. And uh, the weather in South America has been challenging in parts of Brazil. And uh, this year we're going to be watching the weather very closely in Texas because it's extremely dry now. Expectation is we're going to stay dry, maybe some spotty showers. We've got some some showers coming in now or forecast showers that will be helpful. But the subsoil is so dry there uh, and so much of our our cotton has grown in Texas now, it's just going to become very, very critical. And the challenge this year, of course, is for the farmer has been to uh, decide which commodity to plant. In Texas, the, the, the options are not quite as wide uh, because of the, of the uh, geogra geography there. But the rest of the country, you know, uh, the Mid-South and the Southeast, you do have the option for corn and soybeans. And farmers have had to make that decision. Um, but the challenge is going to be how much, uh, how much, what our production is. But the health of the industry itself, in my mind, is very, very good. I think we have uh, the United States has been blessed with uh, a a great industry and great support from the uh, scientific community. Uh, BASF and others are very much involved with having a a seed variety that has been very, very beneficial. And we are uh, uh, very blessed in some ways to have a system that allows us to provide quality cotton, not only to the U.S. industry, but all over the world. The U.S. is still the largest uh, exporter of cotton, uh, a country exporter of cotton in the world. So I think the industry is still good. I think we've got a lot, uh, a lot going for us, and I, I don't see that changing. I think the technology is going to continue to improve. And Farmers are going to continue to be, uh, I'm going to be on again, off again. That's just part of the farming industry. But it, uh, I think overall, it's going to be very good for cotton. Yeah, and thanks for that, Kevin. And, you know, and I think that we, we 
it's interesting because, um, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in, and we've had some of our agronomists come on from that Mid-South Delta and from that Texas area, and water always seems to be a, um, you know, concerning issue. And I know we've talked to some reps in Texas area and some of our growers there, and, you know, it's, hey, are we going to get a rain? If not, if not, you know, it, it's not going to be cotton. It's going to be something else. So really will be interesting um, to watch that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd like to ask you, too, you know, with all that happening, how do you see the global trade of cotton? kind of evolving over the next few years and what are some of the factors that you see um, affecting cotton prices supply demand I know we've seen you know some trade issues and other things happening um, so just like to kind of get your feel on what you think is going to happen um, on a global level with that trade well that's uh, that's a it's a very short question, but it's very, <laughs> very yeah, broad. Yeah, like keep it yeah. simple, right? Like clear pretty, and mud. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Yeah. Uh, how much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Well, no, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to keep this on on a very kind of high level because we can we can really get in the weeds quickly if we want to. But but it's a very interesting time because this global pandemic has really changed uh, the way consumers have. Uh, have acted and reacted. You know, there were a lot of people who were at home. A lot of people lost their jobs or their income changed. So uh, their spending patterns changed. The U.S. cotton, well, not U.S., but the world's cotton industry um, had a bit of a dip uh, in as much as consumer demand for for clothes, particularly apparel, fell quite a lot. And it makes sense if you think about it. So many people were working remotely at home. It's just not the same if you buy new clothes and no one sees them except you. So, so yeah. the, I think that, that sort <laughs> of impact. Like, well, well, like, I point. think tops and jackets, like, you know, exceeded in sales bottoms by like 300% or something crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. You get those headshots on the computer, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. But at the same time, we, we did see a shift, I think. And, and Bob, you're in a much better position than I am uh, as far as your knowledge and expertise on this. I think we move more to a uh, kind of a sportswear, leisurewear kind of um, of apparel. I think that did better during the pandemic. Uh, but again, I think there was sort of a subdued um, buying for apparel uh in as much as, as I said, some of the incomes were definitely uh, different, reduced quite a lot. And so the priorities were sometimes making some of the very basic payments and making sure that, you know, you're you're buying the right kind of food to prepare at home, which we all know the whole economy changed uh, with the restaurant industry taking a beating as well. But from the cotton's perspective, um, I think we just saw a decline and we, we see that in the numbers. We've seen the, a decline in consumption. We're seeing it come back now, but that is going at the same time. And you mentioned it, Jennifer, I think it's a good point about, about some of the trade issues that are going on now. One of the biggest things that is impacting global trade is this uh, ongoing problem with Zinjian, uh, and I think the textile industry, retailers, all, whether you're in the textile industry now or not, I think all industries are sort of looking at this, ouch, we were way too concentrated in one country. So I think that's really going to, over the next several years, kind of dictate what happens globally. I think a lot of the industries are wanting to be more diversified and not be quite as dependent as on a sole country or 
in area evens. I think we're going to see things kind of move to more regional basis where it's logical and it's uh, it's you know economically feasible. But I do think we're going to see some changes uh, in the concentration, particularly in China is going to uh, from an international perspective going to change. China is going to stay a huge market, and you know there's just so many people. But I'm not sure that the international retailers and textile firms that were concentrated in China will stay there. I think we'll see that, or at least not to the degree that they are. I think that's going to move about some. I think that's going to be one of the major um, major things we see. Another thing as far as world trade is concerned is the textile industry is being not only concerned with the human rights problems associated with the Xinjiang and, and all the, the sort of things that have come out most some of it true some of it not so much we're still learning what all is going on there uh in any case like this there's a lot of uh a lot of information some of it's not exactly 100 percent accurate but the point is that uh i think the textile industry has become more aware of some of these things that have gone on and i think they're wanting to make a little bit more of a uh, a concerted attempt to change those where they can where it's economically feasible and and make some adjustments to to that that again is going to uh change the footprint on how they do things there's a lot of conversation about having sort of a circular textile system and where we don't have quite as many movements uh, in cases now with the yarn in one place and it's mm -hmm. uh, knitted and woven somewhere else and then sent somewhere else to be cut and sewn i think that's going to be probably set up more on a regional basis and not have quite so much movement that that kind of carbon footprint has gotten the attention of the industry and i think they're right now again this is going to be it's not going to happen next tuesday <laughs> this is going to be a process that's going to go on over years but yeah. i think that the awareness is there and i think the desire is there it's just going to take some time to get that done so from a global perspective i i don't know from a production a cotton production point of view there's going to be dramatic changes we've seen increases in brazilian production we and seasonally you know the the australian situations changed they've got plenty of water now i think they're going to expand their production uh there and that's going to that trade will impact uh, u.s exports as well there'll be additional competition not only from brazil but for higher grades out of uh, out of australia as well so i think and i've tried to touch on both the production side and the textile and retail side i think that's I mean, the high points i think that that's where we're headed and I, if you don't mind i'm going to ask bob who has uh a world of expertise in the textile industry is are you sort of in line with that or am i sort of pushing things a little bit as more than i should no no kip i think you're right i mean i think there's definite interest on the part of brands and retailers to and textile companies to broaden their um where they actually make product and i think the regional uh production the way you, the way you outlined it is, is I think, mm -hmm. where some of it's shifting. Um, and also, to your point, it won't happen overnight. You can't. Um, it's going to take a while. Um, but I think there's pressure to diversify sourcing, mm -hmm. so I agree with you on that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think what you said was uh, right on target as far as the okay. demand side goes. 
which yeah, which also leads me into my, que- uh, my <laughs> next question. For you. Yeah, pretty good segue real well, though. Yeah. How's that, Jennifer? Pretty smooth, yeah. right? Pretty, yeah, pretty smooth, right? That, not too bad. Um, uh, you know, from the standpoint of, of you understand the cotton market so well, um, and for many, many years, I, one of the things I noticed was that many of the cotton folks talked about supply a lot and didn't necessarily address demand maybe as much uh, as they could have. I'm not saying they didn't address it, just, you know, there was a lot of change on the demand side of the equation, particularly as the type of clothing that was made shifted more towards synthetic blends. What's all, what's your opinion of that? I mean, do, 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 how important is the demand side of the equation? Do you think for the, overall health and success well, of, you know, of course if you don't have demand for the product you're you're in big trouble and i i don't think we have a right. real problem with demand in and of itself i think consumers can change i've seen some of the surveys and you you see more than i have i think you would, would agree that the, the consumers like the natural fibers i think there's a desire for that and mm-hmm. i believe that that, that is actually been sort of accentuated recently. I think the younger generation, the sort of millennials are thinking more in terms of things being sustainable. It's very important to them. Maybe generation before that wasn't as important. I think that's taken a new sort of um, uh, front seat sort of for a lot of folks. So so I think cotton has a, uh, a great advantage in that. And uh, however, at the, at the same time, I, I think that we're We've cotton has lost a lot of share to synthetic fibers, particularly since well, let's say 1970s and 80s. I think 80s they've started really going to a decline. I don't expect cotton is going to lose. I think we're going to maintain the share we have, or maybe grow a little. We're certainly not going to be losing at the rate we did for a while. The and that may sound like a bad thing, but I, I believe keeping maintaining a or even growing a little bit of a much larger pie is the way this thing is going to, to evolve. However, um, I think cotton has a very good chance of increasing his chair, uh, share in the world market. If there were more knowledge, uh, consumer knowledge regarding the impact of synthetic fibers. Um, I think that one way or another has been just sort of swept under the rug. Uh, cotton, uh, 30 years ago was not a very uh, environmentally friendly crop in as much as some of the, the particular chemicals that were used. That has changed dramatically. And cotton has done just a, as an industry has done a wonderful job of changing its, its uh, environmental footprint. And I think that helps cotton a lot. I think synthetics, that's just not really the case. That's they're not environmentally terrible, but they're certainly not sustainable. And uh, I think that those fibers are going to, as consumers become more educated, they'll be, uh, they won't have quite the demand for them that we have now. So I think cotton is in a good position, but like any kind of retail and consumer, you've just got to educate the consumer and marketing plays a huge role in that. So, um, you know, that said, I think cotton maintains its share, maybe grows some over the next few years. And then the, 
and cotton is always going to be sort of a niche commodity for some industries. Again, you know this better than I do. Your, your kind of bedding and your linens and those things are going to – people like the comfort of cotton. And so I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to disappear anytime soon. I mean, is that yeah. – did I answer your question? I, I need to ask if, I'm, if I didn't, we'll approach it a different way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I think um, I think you're exactly right. And, you know, and I think, Kip, um, you hit on something, um, you know, talking about synthetic fibers. And, you know, I, I have my own opinion about synthetics, um, having worked in agriculture in the industry for over 20 years. My entire career has been in the industry. Um, in the past couple of years, I've been amazed because um, I've kind of started working more closely with the textile and apparel. So really kind of focusing on you know, some of the, the downstream tr- trying to create demand for, um, you know, a natural product, natural thing. And, um, and I think that, you know, we've done some things with our E3 program. We're able to give very specific by individual field, by individual bale, um, you know, that traceability. We've done some things. But um, I just kind of like to find out from you, as you've studied the markets and you've seen things um, over the past few years, what do you think has probably been one of the, I'd say, your top two things that really helped increase or affected in a positive way the markets and the demand for cotton? Um, you know, was it, you know, any type of, you know, something that happened in the industry? Or what do you think were some of those things that really, for the market, you know, perspective, whether it was an increase in demand and export for U.S. cotton or whether it was, you know, increase in price for growers. But just like to kind of find out from you over the, you know, your career or whatever, what would be kind of some of those things that happened that affected um, the markets or a swing in the biggest way, I guess you could say? Well, I think one of the biggest things that have occurred has been the, the increase in the ability of the producers to utilize technology in growing their, they become much smarter on how to grow a cotton crop. Right. And over the, I mean, you remember the old Harry Brown, we're going to run out of food uh, <laughs> years ago. Well, the cotton industry has done the same thing. Yields have increased dramatically. Uh, they've learned to put the fertilizers down at the right times where the plant can utilize it better. The quality of the cotton has gotten much better as the textile industry has become more sophisticated and uh, the technology is very, very precise. The cotton industry has been able to um, genetically impact the quality of the fiber, which has led to a better price for the farmer and it's led to more efficiency in the textile system to make a better product. Uh, and it's, it's really, I think that's been the biggest change, the ability of using technology and science to make the industry better by reducing the amount of damage on the soil and increasing yields and allowing farmers to have a better quality and maintain an income that if we had continued to go the rate we were, I think that it would have been very impactful in a negative way for the industry. So I, I think that's been the biggest deal, uh, just a change in technology. Very cool. Thanks, Kip. Hey, as a follow-up to some of Jennifer's questions, and I've got a, I think you touched on this earlier in the conversation, but I uh, need to ask you about the impact of the uh, pandemic 
on demand for cotton around the world. Sure. Can and you talk a bit I about would, that? And yeah, how, and I would like to expand just a little bit on that, Kit, because I think 2020 overall was a crazy year. Um, <laughs> you know, whether it was the pandemic yeah, really? or, you know, I'll, Bob always asks the question about the pandemic. I'm like, Bob, let's just ask about 2020 in general from, you know, some bans on cotton from some countries, you know, the pandemic. And also, yeah, I think, um, you know, in addition to the pandemic, I think it would just be overall 2020 in general. Right. Well, I mean, the whole thing was framed around the pandemic. I don't think there's any real question about that. It, it, it changed a lot of the way people did things, not only in the United States, but all over the world. I do think that it, it really hurt the demand for cotton and all textiles and all apparel. We discussed that earlier. But I think what if we try to look at just the, the kind of silver lining on this, I believe that we're looking at some pent-up demand now that we are already seeing it in some of these, if those of you that follow the, uh, these credit card um, uh, series, you'll find that, that people are starting to open their pocketbook a bit. We're going back to work. I think people are, are starting to feel better about the future. I, I just, I can, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I think it was pretty hard to, to, <laughs> to see anything good coming out of this. I think that's changing. And I do think we've got some pent-up demand here. And I think that consumers are looking at this as sort of they're demanding um, some accountability in the system. And I think that is part of what's – and I'm, I'm not sure. I think I got off topic here a little bit. I'm sorry, Bob. But I think – No, it's okay because I was going to ask you about how much of this was sticky. In other words, how much of the – past consumer behavior from last mm -hmm. year is going to continue. Well, you maybe, know, maybe some, but I think, I think we're going to get a bit of a, a sort of pent up demand. Then we may kind of calm down a little, but I, I again, I mean, I don't think anything's going to change. It's going to go back to marketing and uh, how these, how consumers are um, kind of marketing uh, products are marketed to them. I, I think that's good, but we may have a more savvy consumer too. I think that uh, I do think that this sort of traceability is going to turn out to be a big deal. And I think that's going to be with us a long time. I think part of the, um, the problems we've seen with labor uh, and, and how labor has been treated outside the U S particularly, I think that's going to stay with us. And so I think the industry is going to have to, um, be more accountable. I think they recognize that we're seeing it in lots of different ways that some of the retailers are handling this. But I think people are not going to, uh, I'm just going to sound weird, but I don't think they're quit wearing clothes. <laughs> I think, right. <laughs> I, I think they're going to do that. Uh, no, no, yeah. And so uh, the demand's going to continue to be good. We may see a little bit of a spurt initially, but then I think we, uh, we probably just stabilize. And I, I would not be surprised to see some kind of uh, sort of choppiness in there as the consumer sort of tries to decide uh, what he wants to spend his money on. I think apparel is going to do well, particularly early on. Restaurants are going to do well. We're going to have, but again, we have to remember there's only a certain amount of money to go around. So we'll probably go through another sort of uh, period where, the cheapest fiber will be the one and we'll, we'll deal with price points. I think that's just part of the way the industry is going to have to operate and always has to, to remain profitable. So I don't think any of that really changes. We don't go back to business as usual immediately because I, I just think 
there's so many questions on how the consumer is going to behave. We're going to have to look and see. Um, and I think there's some uncertainty around that as well. I know you've looked at that a lot, Bob. Is that is that sort of a, a watchword out there or, or un, uncertain rather than oh, yeah, thinking, definitely. oh, we're going to yeah, go back definitely. to normal? Yeah. I think there's some concern about that. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody's yeah, I don't think anybody's expecting a 100% snap back to the way it was. So I think you're right about that. Mm -hmm. It'll be a bit of a mix. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, um, I think, you know, Kip, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I think we are kind of close to our time. So I really, really do appreciate you taking time and going through the markets and stuff for us and for our listeners today and um, Bob as well. And, you know, you guys, it's great to hear you guys kind of talking and because I can tell you've uh, had a great relationship and know your <laughs> markets very well. Um so that is great. But, you know, Kip, if, what's the best way if any of our listeners should have any questions or would like to reach out to you with any further questions or clarity on anything? What's the best way that they can um, reach you? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, uh, I'm i just going to put my, my personal email address out there. I've been meaning to set up another one, but I haven't done that yet. So you can reach me at uh, kbutts163 at gmail.com. And, if, you know, we can uh, I'll be happy to communicate. Now, don't be surprised uh, if. I'm a little slow in responding because uh, I, I am uh, kind of working with my grandchildren a little bit. Now we go camping almost every weekend. So. <laughs> hey, that, that is a wonderful, but that's the positive that's come uh, from. We're really uh, enjoying that. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, great. Well, thanks again. And, you know, I'd also like to thank you, our listeners for joining us and hope that you enjoyed our show and, we're able to understand some of the things happening in the market um, with cotton right now. Should you have any questions about the E3 Sustainable Cotton Program, please email me at e3cotton at basf.com. Also, don't forget to visit us and reach out on Instagram and Facebook at E3 Sustainable Cotton. Thanks so much and see you next time.